0: This podcast is brought to you by Modest Coffee, single-origin coffee without the snobbery. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what coffees they're roasting today. Cheers!
1: Welcome to No Bad Reviews, Colin, a coffee podcast. This is a podcast where we find a coffee, one that might be kind of questionable, and we learn about the history of that coffee. Sometimes there's some pretty crazy history there. And then we try the coffee and we commit to giving it no bad reviews, no matter how much we might be inclined to. So <laughs> we do our best to find something not bad. To say about it.
0: Our struggle is your entertainment. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'm Jenny and I run all of the operations at a coffee company called Modest Coffee.
0: And I'm Marcus, the lead coffee roaster and sexy voice actor at Modest Coffee as well.
2: And I'm Stephanie and I'm the employee of the month at Modest Coffee for 35 consecutive months.
1: If you couldn't tell, we all work at the same place. So that makes us co-workers. We also... Happened to pal around outside of work. In fact, we palled around before we worked together. So we've been palling around for a while. Hey, pals. Hey, pals. Nice to see you.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's a, it's a morning.
1: We're all here. We're <laughs> going to try some coffee.
0: Yeah, I think we're all like itching for some coffee. I'm today. ready.
1: Yeah. We're going to try Royal Cup Coffee Royal today. Royal Cup Coffee, which I Steph haven't... is excited about, but it it comes in packaging that I am questioning that excitement. <laughs> <laughs> but it might be great. You know what? Good things come in weird u- packages. Utilitarian Big packaging. <laughs>
0: utilitarian packaging. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. It's like I have a, a jeep. I have
2: a tagline for Royal Cup coffee that I made up. It's not their official oh, tagline. Okay. Royal Cup the coffee that no one has heard of, but everyone has tasted. Oh, oh. this is gonna
1: be fun. Well before we let any of you Find out more about Royal Cup Coffee. We're going to have to take care of the business. Nice. Um, first things first, we have a new segment called Time to Make the Bacon, where we tell you about ways you can give us money. <laughs> <laughs> Could you have like a sizzle sound effect when she says that? Yeah. Well, first place you can give us money if you want to support us on patreon.com/ no bad reviews pod we do bonus episodes there um, where we try some product typically it's coffee related but sometimes it's just related to this week's episode and we do love it or leave it so if you want to know our unfiltered even if it's a bad review we put those bad reviews. On Patreon. Yeah, so those are a- behind a paywall, though. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all levels of Patreon. The hot takes. Yes, get that. Uh, we also know that not everybody wants a steady relationship, so. <laughs> <laughs> so we decided that if you want to just take us on a date and buy us a cup of coffee, you can do that at the website called com slash nobadreviewspot. pod. And uh, that both of those avenues help support our show and help us get questionable coffees. And, you know, we also put in a lot of effort and work. So that also helps um, us feel financially gratified. We love getting (laughs) together and we love the storytelling. But uh, we also have those avenues. If you are so inclined, please keep listening. Even if you don't want to give us money. That's totally cool, too, because we'll like you anyways. We can just be friends. We can just be friends. Yeah. yeah. We don't have to take this to another level. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's good. And then um, last way you can give us money is by buying merch. And so we have um, on our website, we have a store tab. And that's where you can find a link to buy merch. We've got t-shirts. All the latest drip. All the latest drip. Exactly. Um, hats backpacks fanny packs sweatpants t-shirts sweatshirts we got it all
0: actually i walked my dog today head to toe in <laughs> no bad reviews. Marcus uh, is not lying. Sweatshirt and sweatpants. <laughs> and I got to say it's like it's it's so great in the Chicago weather to have something that isn't breathable. <laughs> and I mean that. It's like it's like a warm glove. Um, the 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 it's very soft, it's very warm. And you know all that cotton breathability is like the worst for this type of weather. So. Yeah, we I mean,
1: do have some like the sweatpants and the sweatshirt to get that nice bright green color it is polyester we do have some nice it's cotton very t-shirts soft polyester though, and i'm gray. a
0: sensory guy i really like i actually do really genuinely like this drip and it's it's swagger
1: oh yeah i mean i wore it when we recorded right after my dental surgery and it was great yeah. i loved it it was so comfy um so we have all that merch on our website too so um yeah go check us out at nobadreviewspodcast.com and hit the store tab do you guys want to tell people to give us money any more than i already have Ooh, i'm coming down any more shameless begging
0: chicago so if you see me on the street oh,
1: yeah feel free to just
0: throw money at me <laughs> i'm fine with that
1: yeah marcus is gonna go do some promoting in the city in, in his, his outfit, outfit. In outfit. Yes.
0: <laughs> out the toe, bright green keep
1: an eye out for marcus on monday afternoon in downtown chicago you cannot miss him on the street if you're downtown um, all right. Well, moving along, time to make the clarifications next. Um, our astronaut episode from a couple of weeks ago—we got so many people that were really excited about that episode. It was a great episode! It Jenny. was really fun. I'm really glad we did it, and so many people had, um, you know, just lots of feedback for us and lots of don't
0: emails wanna... like crazy. It was great. <laughs> it was fun.
1: People had a lot to let us hook. know, which was I thought was so cool because. Um, People had more to add to our story. And so I guess they weren't really clarifications, but time to make the additions Aww. to the astronaut. Francine sent us an email. She said, many Apollo missions before the first moon landing, which was Apollo 11, were manned, which I didn't figure that out. But they didn't, I guess, make it to the moon. There weren't any, quote unquote, failed moon landings, although there was one designated Apollo 1 posthumously that ended in disaster during a test slash training exercise. Missions before Apollo 11 tested the technology and stages necessary for the moon landing and safe return of the astronauts. So they went up there and the Apollo tested everything, made sure like that fuel cell technology would be efficient. And then they didn't go all the way to the moon, which, duh, makes sense. Of course, the moon landing wasn't the first like trip into outer space (laughs) with a human. I'm like constantly and continuously astonished at how little I think about things on this podcast. (laughs) Duh.
2: You know, it's hard to think about everything.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, we're learning as we go. You're I trying
1: think to it's tell great. A story. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's great. I love learning, so Thanks this is insane. perfect for me. That Thanks, Francine. Wait, she had a little bit more. Oh. Apollo thirteen was not the last Apollo moon landing mission, Marcus. Remember, mm. we went back and forth about that. I don't know if you cut that out because nobody wants to listen to us bicker. I
2: love listening to you guys.
1: <laughs> Maybe we should have an outtakes episode of just all the bickering Marcus and I do. <laughs>
0: it's literally 50% of, the, of every episode. It's like me and Jenny bickering next. makes it um, on the cutting floor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you think that Marcus and I are just a happy married couple? <laughs> Nobody thinks so. No,
0: yeah. we given you that indication.
1: We're just so loving all the time.
0: Yeah. Always we are, agreeing. We, we are one heat shield away from a Columbia disaster. Stop.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, you're terrible. <laughs> Apollo 13 was not the last Apollo slash moon landing mission. Apollo 17 was the last Apollo mission and the last manned moon mission. There were six moon landings. She confirmed there were six moon landings with two people going to the moon each time. And then, next one, time to make the additions, clarifications. Um, Jeff sent us an email and he said, just because you might spin against the rotation of the Earth, they will only be counting the rotations around the Earth by one point in space, and then when it returned to that same point, regardless of which direction the rotation of the Earth. Marcus was like, how do they count the mm. rotations were mm. they going against counterclockwise or clockwise around the earth so they pick a point somehow how do they pick a point out well, in they, outer space
0: gps maybe gps
1: yeah. <laughs> oh
2: So they pick a point in space, not a point on the Earth to come back around to. Yeah,
1: because if they're spinning like against the grain of the Earth, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to get back to that point pretty quickly because the Earth is rotating to meet it. So they pick a point in space at some point, and then you go loop around the Earth back to that point. Okay, got it. And if you think about it, it, that
0: kind of makes sense. Because once you're in space, in orbit, like that's what orbit, I think that's what that means. It's like you are stop you're like locked in that that rotation mm-hmm.
1: like, yeah gotcha.
0: you're not just floating around like but a car how, like just driving <laughs> point to point
1: how did they figure out that point is somebody going to send us another clarification
0: not to get too nerdy but the in kerbal space program once you set up an orbit like is this
1: a video game yes
0: once you set up the orbit like it's pretty stationary to maintain that that orbit okay i know yeah First-hand experience
1: all right yeah First-hand experience in the it's video nice game i have an expert here <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's really hard to get into orbit just so you know <laughs> i can tell you that too
1: good good i'm glad you've done it you're a real
0: i haven't done it well if i made you no it the game is really really hard
1: oh okay <laughs> all right
0: <laughs> i'm just familiar with the concept
1: okay um, and then here, we were talking about the decommissioning of the ISS, and why doesn't just some billionaire go buy it? They're going to decommission it because of normal wear and tear. They can promise that the worst-case scenario, the equipment is guaranteed to be good until this date. So the, it has, like, a worst-case scenario expiration date. Um, he says, you'll see that with a lot of the rovers and probes that get sent out. Because they were expertly crafted or just good luck, a lot of times the rovers and probes or satellites last longer than anticipated. For example, the Voyager series were originally built to last for at least five years, but those bad boys are still going. <laughs> Hell yeah. I
0: think one just left like the whole planetary solar system, too.
1: I'd like to say bad boys is spelled B O I S. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. And then somebody else sent us a clarification or an addition about a sandwich that went into space, which Steph looked into some more.
2: I had to look into that. Which I think that. is so fun. Like,
1: <laughs> I got to take my lunch, guys. Sorry. I'm going to sneak my lunch into space.
2: <sighs> that was Nikki who sent that message, right? Yeah. Um. So it was John Young who was on Gemini 3 in 1965. He didn't buy the sandwich. I feel like he gets a bad rap for like bringing. He he did agree to bring it up there, but he was going into space with Gus Grissom. This was the first two manned trip into space. Previously, only one person at a time had gone. Imagine how scary that was. Uh, Yeah, seriously. The USSR beat us by two days. And got two cosmonauts into space two days Mm. before Mm. uh, Gemini 3 went up. The space race. Yes. They're racing. What a ridiculous race. It's so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So part of the reason Gemini 3 was going up was to test out some food. It was a real short mission. It was like six hours. And they wanted, they had some, I think it was actually Nestle that had made some like crumb free food for
1: them. Oh yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah.
2: So there's another astronaut who's like a, a noted prankster <laughs> named Wally Shira. And he bought the sandwich at a place called Wolfie's, uh, which I think some astronauts got together and like owned a percentage of Wolfie's. Smart. Oh
1: my gosh. So this is like lore, astronaut lore. Yeah. Yeah.
2: This is a whole big oh, wow. thing that happened. This wasn't just a guy who was like, I'm going to try this.
0: Yeah. It was well, like-, like marketing.
1: <laughs> well, and I'll tell you. Nikki works at the planetarium. She said she works at the planetarium, and so she's getting us insider Adler Planetarium information.
2: (laughs) She would know. She would be the expert Uh on all things space. Um, It was good marketing because the restaurant put up a big sign afterwards that said, try our corned beef. It's out of this world. (laughs) That's cute. So Wally Shearer bought the corned beef sandwich because he knew it was Gus Grissom's favorite sandwich. But he gave the sandwich to John Young and said, hide it until you get up there and then just like pull it out and surprise Gus with the sandwich.
1: This is so sweet. So that's
2: what they did. He (laughs) got up there and he pulls it out of his pocket. And hands half to Gus, and Gus is like, what the fuck? <laughs> the
3: Mission
2: Command probably lost their shit. Um, apparently, the whole cabin immediately stunk like corned oh, beef, gosh. and the rye bread was very crummy. Oh, shit. And so they did not even finish the half a sandwich each. They each like took a bite and then shoved it back into their spacesuits <laughs> because they were worried about the crumbs. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Okay, yeah. thankfully everything went smoothly. Apparently it was not the first sandwich smuggled into space. Oh. But it was the f- it was the third, but it was the <laughs> first one that Congress found out about. They got really angry and pulled a bunch of people in front of the committee on appropriations. What? They were like, "This could have been a 30 million dollar sandwich. You could have fucked up everything." <laughs>
0: And they were like, don't worry. We've done it two other times.
2: They're like, it's fine. Chill. NASA promised we have taken steps to prevent recurrence of corned beef sandwiches in future flights. It was like a big fucking deal. So funny to read about. We'll put a link on the website.
1: That's great. Wow. That's so funny. I loved that story. That's a great story. Thank you so much,
2: Nikki, for telling us.
1: Wow. I love those astronauts. Yeah. I
2: guess they are like more fun than I would have thought i picture them as pretty buttoned up guys but
1: yeah they like, they,
0: they like to have fun too i know that the uh, there was a nasa scientist that made a little product called the super soaker
1: really yep. what no way yeah
0: <laughs> yep. he worked in the jet propulsion labs huh yeah cool that's awesome right. so oh i had a clarification for our cinco de mayo uh fazenda does not mean farm it means estate
1: oh okay mm. all right
0: That's my first clarification. Good for you, Marcus. 15 episodes. Oh, welcome. mm -hmm.
1: Welcome to the clarification segment where me and Steph have to listen back and figure out what we have said wrong.
0: (laughs) I feel like I have, a weight has been lifted Mm. off of my brain.
1: Good. Good. Good, Marcus. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess we're ready to get into this Royal Cup coffee. Royal Cup. Steph has been Mm. so excited about this coffee and i can't figure out why so i'm here for to solve the mystery
0: <laughs> yeah again to set the table it's it's a big giant metal bag
1: well we couldn't buy any less than five pounds so that was an issue Our or why we have so much
2: We're one giant mylar bag or a hundred tiny mylar eggs yeah (laughs) (laughs) so we went with the whole bean option instead of like the ground ones have you guys worked in restaurants you get like the little package and you just tear the top off and it's like a perfect pot of coffee yeah the frack pack theoretically yeah the Mm -hmm. frack pack oh that's a nice name okay
1: that's what they're called
2: it's good to know Before we really talk about Royal Cup, uh, we have to talk about my friend, Derek, because Derek is the reason that Royal Cup is on my radar, Mm. and I've just, I've really been excited to share his story. Awesome. Do you guys know Derek? Have we met him? He lives in the neighborhood, and in some circles, he's better known as Indigo's dad. I don't think I've met Indigo's dad. Mm. Okay. He is um, not as cool as Indigo, because so few people are, but he's a pretty cool guy. (laughs) And um, he has a special place in my heart because he was our first friend in Aurora. He and my husband worked together before we moved here. They had a job together in Aurora. Um, The owner of that company and his accountant ended up in federal prison for credit card (laughs) fraud. But that's a story for another day. This is anyway. That's how we know Derek. So um, Derek was born and raised in a little town called Pawnee, Alabama. Pawnee? Pawnee. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds like Parks and Rec. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, It is is
0: like the sitcom special.
2: (laughs) It is just north of Birmingham, so the northern half of Alabama. He describes Alabama as the belt buckle of the Bible Belt. I don't know a lot about Ooh. Alabama. Mm. Um, hearing about his childhood in Alabama was really interesting. He was born in 1973, and he it was like a rural part of the state where he lived. And he lived in this like little small neighborhood in like a hilly forested area. And he split his time between two houses. His grandma had an apartment over her garage, and they lived there a lot, his mom, his dad, and his little sister and himself. And then his parents were building another house in the neighborhood. They bought five acres, and they called it the big house. But his mom and dad were building it themselves.
1: Mm, Okay.
2: And it took, like, a decade.
1: (laughs) We can barely get the inside of this house remodeled, and it's been almost a decade. (laughs) So, like, could you imagine having to put up all the bones of it, too? Oh, Oh, my God.
2: So behind his grandma's house was a cow pasture, there was a creek. There were some railroad tracks. And right on the other side of the railroad tracks, they built an industrial park in 1976. He was three years old. And right on the edge of the industrial park was a coffee roastery. His entire childhood was just permeated by the smell of mm, roasting coffee, Yeah, mm-hmm. which he loved. Really? He loved the smell. Okay, good. Royal Cup roasts in three shifts. So wow. literally wow. 24
1: hours a day, Holy five shit. days a
2: week.
0: Jeez.
1: Coffee. Wow. Coffee. I wonder if they have multiple roasters so that like one roaster can get a little break. <laughs> I,
0: what have, that, like... I was just thinking they probably have like a really small roaster that they just keep running. <laughs>
1: I bet they have two 240 kilo roasters <laughs> that they switch back and forth.
2: Um... Wait till you hear how much they're roasting, but that's later.
1: (laughs) We'll find out which one of us is right. Yeah.
2: Um, So Derek's childhood was interesting. He describes it as kind of lonely. There weren't other kids in the neighborhood. And because it was like the 70s and 80s, he was, you know, unsupervised and free to roam and everything. But just like idyllic. There were forests and hills and pastures. And he said he had a yellow lab and a bike and a five-mile radius, and he would just go off and do whatever the fuck he wanted all day.
1: This is 70s, 80s?
2: Yeah, 70s, 80s childhood, yeah. Um, He said he was, like, really fascinated by Native American everything, and there's a lot of Native American history in that part of Alabama. I think it's mostly Creek Nation that was there. But he said he like learned how to forage food, and he would build pine straw and stick wigwams out in the cow pasture, and he would camp out overnight. Wow. Yeah. That's so fun. Isn't it? Yeah. Like a really interesting childhood. He said it would get cold. They would spend summers in the big house, and he said you could just like see through the house always. There was never drywall. So it was like two by fours and wires, and you could see all the way through the house. And he remembers taking a bath like in a tub in front of the fireplace (laughs) just like a metal (laughs) tub or whatever um he called it a bird bath
1: you know those metal tubs are like swanky pools nowadays (laughs) just go to farm and fleet all the rage
2: yeah (laughs) um he would sleep with a glass of water next to his bed and if he woke up and there was ice in the glass that's how he knew it was time to move back to grandma's garage apartment Wow, it's too cold to stay in the house in the winter. Oh boy. That's yeah. crazy.
0: Wow, that's cold.
1: That is. I didn't know it got that cold down south.
2: Yeah. Part of Alabama is elevated higher oh. than you'd think. Like the Appalachian Mountains cross over the um northeast portion of the state. And then like the um the southwest part of the state touches the Gulf of Mexico and it's real low down there. So
1: interesting. Yeah, that's kinda how I associate Alabama is, you know, the Gulf. Warm, right, right. Humid southern part. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's different up north, I guess. Interesting. Hmm. He said his parents weren't that religious. I don't know what that means in like a rural Alabama context. Like, like only
0: went to church twice a week.
3: Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they definitely weren't introducing themselves as secular humanists or anything, right? I mean, they were. I'm sure they were good Christians, but I don't think they really went to church. Yeah. Occasionally, he would spend the weekend with his other grandparents, his dad's parents, and they were Pentecostal. And he describes that as they spoke in tongues oh. and like flailed around. Oh. This is a quote. They stopped just short of drinking strychnine and handling serpents. <laughs> so interesting.
1: Wow. So Pentecostal, those are the people who speak in tongues, eh? I guess. All right.
2: Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. I so. think.
1: <laughs> Maybe? It, I don't it's, know.
2: it's good that he wasn't raised in that. Even though the smell from Royal Cup Roastery was everywhere that he went, he never tasted the coffee. His mom only drank... Folger's instant coffee. Hmm. She never brewed a cup of coffee in his entire life.
1: <laughs> you know, there's a lot of convenience there because last week I want so what I'll often do in the afternoons is I'll make myself a, like, uh, poor man's latte, which I'll put, like, half a cup of the morning coffee in with some milk and put in the microwave and mm-hmm. then add some chocolate. So mm-hmm. a, little, Ooh. Yeah, a, little a little, poor mocha. man's little poor man's mocha. But last yeah. week we didn't have any leftover coffee. And I took one of our old hula girl packets.
2: Ah.
1: It was great. I was like this is so fucking easy. <laughs> and then Marcus had been talking about freeze-drying modest coffee and in that moment I was like okay I'm in. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. totally in. Fucking it was like it. so fucking easy. Yeah. To just add that packet to my hot chocolate. Loved it. So I can see there is something there for people. You heard it from me first. <laughs> yeah. Specialty coffee snob here instant coffee there's a place for it you can't see him now but marcus is so excited that he just got
2: permission (laughs) to try to freeze dry coffee yeah he's been talking about it all week my (laughs) gears are turning you can see him it's gonna happen
0: yeah Yeah, it's definitely gonna happen happen. i don't know if it's gonna come to market we'll see i'm excited
2: Derek's mom started letting him drink coffee when he was about ten. She'd make him a cup of instant coffee and put a big scoop of ice cream in it. Oh, that's Aww. cute. That's the way he took his coffee for quite a while. Apparently, it's hard to that's a good way to break do that it. habit. Yeah, I mean,
1: <laughs> that sounds delicious to me. I just
0: imagine like going to a coffee shop and them being like, "Yeah, how can we get your coffee?" And like, do you have a big scoop of ice cream.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but just like doing it the straight face, like, for sure. <laughs> Could I get a cup of instant with a big scoop of ice cream?
0: What is this, coffee for a (laughs) 10-year-old?
2: He was, it was around the time that he started drinking coffee, around 10 years old, that his childhood abruptly came to an end when his parents' marriage kind of fell apart. He's very diplomatic about everything that he says, so I will try to be diplomatic here. His dad had some real issues, Mm -hmm. and things got kind of scary. Mm.
0: Like speaking in tongues scary?
2: (laughs) was a different kind of scary. Um, they got divorced, and then his dad died shortly mm. afterwards. And Ooh, that's so, too bad. yeah, he describes that whole time period as just um, really unpleasant mm. and a really abrupt end. So, Especially like, at
1: that age, yeah, it's a tough age.
2: Yeah, his mom remarried a very nice guy who ended up finishing building the big house. He's the one who finally hung drywall in that house. Wow.
1: Mm. So this took a long time. Yeah. I mean, yeah
2: <laughs> like I said, I
1: get it. Uh,
2: uh, so oh. um, the house finally got finished and it, you know they continued. This was his entire childhood in this neighborhood. I'm not sure that Derek really fit in. He didn't like football. No, Which, that's the that problem. Alone that's a problem.
0: That's like a problem
2: in big the country. problem.
0: Especially in Bama. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Anywhere outside of a city. So
2: um, he ended up, you know, freak that he was. He ended up going to the Savannah College of Art and Design. Mm-hmm. And while he was there, his stepdad got transferred to the Chicagoland area. Derek stayed in college, but came up to Chicago to help them move. And there was a really cute girl who lived across the street from the new house, Aww. and she was walking her dog, and he went over and introduced himself with his cute little southern accent.
1: Aww. Um I love how he just went and got it, too, you know? <clears throat> you know? Like, go.
2: Go, Derek. <laughs> he went back to college, graduated, and then came back to Chicagoland, and his sister had formed a really close friendship with the girl across the street and mm-hmm. that's how he got to know her better mm-hmm. they ended up getting married cool. for reasons that are unclear to me they moved back to pawnee alabama oh and
1: look it sounds like a nice place it there
2: are a lot of nice
1: things it sounds like there yeah. are a lot of nice things that we don't have here in the midwest yeah. please tell me
0: he moved like, into the big house
1: no, he moved into Grandma's apartment the I was going to say, that was going to be my guess, Grandma's apartment.
2: Um, his parents did end up back in Alabama eventually, but um, a farm in northern Alabama
1: is where they ended up.
2: So um, he and his wife had their first daughter, and she was the fourth generation born in
1: Aww. Pawnee, Alabama.
2: But then they moved back to Chicago. Uh, He got into IT, and there wasn't much work down there. I could see that. And that's, uh, they moved around a little bit, Batavia, Forest Park, I think, and then ended up right at the peak of the housing bubble, buying a house right here Mm -hmm. in the neighborhood.
1: And now they're stuck here. And now
2: they're stuck here. Stuck with that house forever. (laughs) They had a few more kids. And then um, I would say the marriage was very successful in that they raised four delightful children. And then parted amicably and respectfully, ending the cycle that Derek experienced when he was a kid. He was determined that the divorce would be as painless on the kids as possible after what he went through.
1: Mm-hmm. So and and successfully did that. Sounds Good. very
0: very diplomatic.
1: Well, and I can say the one child of his that I know is very awesome. She's very so awesome. sweet. I love, love that her. kid. Yeah, she's so good.
2: They're all great. I I really like all four of his kids. Um, he started dating again. He met a woman named Kasha, who's amazing. They ended up falling in love, getting married. They took up scuba diving because that's so popular in Northern Illinois. <laughs> the pandemic struck. And they didn't do a lot of socializing. They stayed home. They didn't take public transportation anywhere. But then one of Kasia's best friends was getting married and they decided they had to go to the wedding. Even though they'd been cautious, they felt like they really had to go to Kasia's best friend's wedding. It was a proper Polish wedding. Meaning it was a shit ton of fun. I don't know how Polish people are in Poland, but like Chicago Polish people are awesome. <laughs> I feel like Chicago
1: gets all the fun immigrants. <sighs> they know how to like, party, man. Every yeah. immigrant population in Chicago, they have a ton of fun. Yeah. I've had a few fun weddings that I've been to. Yeah. But they're all pretty, you know, do that, do this. No, Polish mom, weddings mom, are mom, like, mom, mom.
0: that bar... Opens early and just stays open. <laughs> Does
1: not close. I, I bet there's tons of accordions
2: <laughs> at a Polish wedding. Oh, I didn't ask about accordions. I did ask Derek if he was drunk at the wedding. And um, he said he is not fool enough to try to keep up with those Polish people. <laughs> <sighs> Eastern um, Europeans, they get down. Yeah, they, chew, they can hold their liquor. That's true. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So it was a church ceremony and then a reception in a large room in a private restaurant. They had prime rib. It was delicious. It was time to serve the cake. And the waitress came around and asked if anyone wanted coffee. And Derek asked for a cup of coffee. She put the coffee down in front of him. He added cream and sugar. He took a sip. And he lost his goddamn mind. He like (laughs) could not believe how fucking good this coffee was. He said crazy stuff about it. This is the flavor I've been looking for this whole time. I've never tasted anything like this. I don't understand what this is. This is what's been missing from my coffee experience yeah, for I mean, my it's, whole life.
1: I'm like, how could this be at like a wedding reception? Right. In
2: Chicago. How could right. this
1: be? I am incredulous right now.
2: He was incredulous. He said he was pounding the table. He said he grabbed the waitress and was like, you have to tell me what this coffee is. What brand is this coffee? This is such an intense reaction. It's the best coffee in the world. And the waitress was just like, "Oh, uh, okay. okay. <laughs> and like went and got him a couple of these little flax.
1: Packs? Is that what you just call it? Frack. Frack. packs. I think it yeah. stands for, like, fractional packet. Look at me. I'm smart.
2: <laughs> so she gave him a couple. She gave him a couple packets, and it said Royal Cup on it, and this didn't ring any bells. Because he'd always known it was a roastery, but he'd never seen the packaging, and, know?
1: His, and did he ever drive through the front and see if they had a sign? I mean, I would imagine that the back of the building was probably what he could see right. from his vantage point. Right. And he probably would have to go far around to get even... He probably never even thought to. You're just a kid riding your bike. What right. What do you fucking care?
2: Right. They had also changed the logo. Mm, Um, semi-recently, and so he wouldn't have recognized that.
0: Did it say roasted in Pawnee, Alabama?
2: It didn't on the package. He took it home, and the next day he thought, yeah, maybe maybe it was just the excitement of being at a party for the first time in a year Mm -hmm. because of COVID. Maybe I did have a couple too many in me. Maybe I'm not going to have the same reaction brewing this at home.
1: It's part of the vibe, you know. I mean, I think we all experience that, like on vacation or something. Right. You bring something right. home from vacation, you're like, wait a second, this is actually. Plus, I'm convinced not that
0: great. coffee always tastes better when somebody makes it for you. That's
1: true. That's true too. Yeah, but did
2: it live up to it when he it brewed it? Did he brewed it at home, and he fucking loved it and couldn't get over the flavor. So he goes online and orders it. Royal Cup has a very detailed website. You can learn so much hmm. about so much on their website, but Derek didn't even look. He just like ordered his pound of coffee. And went on with his life.
1: So he still doesn't know. He still doesn't know. This is like, I feel like, you know, those love stories when like two people <laughs> and then like lose touch with each other and then are somehow, you know, met again, but they haven't realized that they are. He's like, been like
0: you- that faint smell. Yeah. That it like, catches on the wind. He's like, what is that? I know that. From yeah. childhood. <laughs> oh well, must be nothing.
1: <laughs> well, he didn't put it together that it. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something deep inside his like subconscious mind right. that knows. It, yes, somewhere inside. There's somewhere. You know, yes. And we're all screaming from uh, the sidelines. Uh, Derek, right. Get too low. Derek, <laughs> just kiss her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is he going to find out by listening to this episode? Don't a- don't ruin it for me.
1: Don't-
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, he does figure it out, though. He figures it out because the package arrives with his coffee in it. He rips open the package. He pulls the coffee out. He's literally putting the package in the recycling. <laughs> and out of the corner of his eye, he sees the zip code. And he, like, fishes it back out of the recycling. And he's like, wait oh, my God, Like
1: this is it. This is the coffee of my
2: childhood. That's when he figures it out. And he told me this whole story and finished with, Stephanie, you have got to try this coffee. (laughs) This was like a, I don't know, months before we decided to do the podcast. And when we decided to do the podcast, I called Derek and was like, Derek, I have to try your coffee. (laughs) (laughs) So excited we're finally going to do it. Oh, man.
1: What What if it's the best coffee we've ever tasted? I feel pressured. What if it's the worst coffee I've ever tasted? And I got to be like, sorry, Derek, your taste buds are wrong. No,
0: you know, no bad reviews, no matter what.
1: Your taste buds...
0: Are not bad.
2: Are not bad. Nothing is ever going to taste as good as nostalgia? Right,
0: that's right. true. So,
1: that for real. but it's like he didn't even know it was his nostalgia that right. he was tasting, which Isn't is kind of like crazy? the funnest right. part about this. Yeah,
0: it's like been wafting and mm-hmm. like triggering a part of his brain that's like this is home.
1: There is something like going on in his brain, right, and his body, right. connecting him. I mean,
2: it took like over forty years to finally take a sip of this fucking
1: coffee. Yeah, <laughs> and then to have it by chance, and to like it by chance, and then to have like those packets by chance. Everything has been by chance. Yeah, it's like, it's like for to lead him to I'm this crying. coffee. <laughs> Imagine if he and Kasha
2: had never met. He never would have gone to that. He wedding. would never have gone there. Oh wow. Or if they had decided it wasn't safe to go or... Mm,
1: That's true. I mean, the pandemic could have prevented them. Yeah. I mean, this is really all the stars aligned in this story.
2: Isn't this an amazing story, you guys? I feel like he
1: needs to write a book.
2: (laughs) You should write a book.
0: (laughs) We're going to brew this coffee, and it is going to be the shittiest fucking coffee (laughs) that we've ever had.
1: (laughs) Don't say that. (sighs) Although I am questioning about this whole 24-7 roasting, and it says it's a light roast on this European blend. No, I'm going to have an open mind. Some people could say our packaging isn't very special either. Just a plain brown bag. You
0: know, you're right, Jenny. Sometimes
1: it's like about, you know, it's not about the packaging, it's about what's inside
0: what's it's what's inside that exactly (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know i always thought zach galifianakis was the guy in the notebook
1: why would you ever think that
0: i he had a beard and i just didn't really look too closely what yeah i know (sighs) and then i was confused i was like i think it's chris pratt
1: tell it's not chris pratt either no i don't know first of all like i don't think chris pratt was even an actor when the notebook came out yeah i don't actually know you probably were an actor but nobody knew about you listen don't apologize to chris pratt yeah should i not i have no opinions on him all i know is he is i don't know
0: he was in parks and recreation
1: i know he has something to do with right. um i don't know or i don't know who Schwarzenegger in or something okay let's see the notebook and we're gonna do a live chris
0: helmsworth uh,
1: we're it's neither of those people those are all recent actors is it's um anybody the guy, from the marvel wait.
0: comic book universe in the notebook
1: i don't know <laughs> i don't know anybody in there okay wait uh, what's his name amber heard <laughs> no it's a guy who was really popular back like you know 15 years ago 20 years ago oh tom cruise (laughs) close ryan gosling ryan gosling he never stopped being popular he's he's kind of he had his heyday i think around the time of the notebook what's he been in lately
0: uh deadpool and he is a marvel comic book universe character
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean the, the internet has the ladies of the internet have a real thing. I think it's I for think, Ryan right? Gosling.
0: Is that Ryan Gosling? Am I gonna have to make a clarification? No, I don't know.
1: Oh, yeah, Ryan Gosling. He's the one that ladies have the hots for. I mean, I think he's cute.
0: Yeah, Ryan Reynolds, here. son of a bitch. Oh, I was so close. You know, whatever. Some white guy. <laughs> I've never actually seen the notebook. So, so what's fun about Alabama? Anyway, yeah, that was
2: the problem. Nothing. I had trouble finding fun facts about Alabama. I had
1: no problem finding depressing facts about Alabama. <laughs> oh, sorry, Alabama.
0: get yeah, Huntsville.
1: Uh, One of my favorite friends is from Alabama. Space yeah. Camp
0: is in Alabama.
2: Their whole history is just like if you—it's bad news. You down think there. about all of the bad things about U.S. history, generally speaking, and if you just like boiled those down to their like worst essence. You you get Birmingham, Alabama. Ooh, that's
3: true. <laughs> that's I mean, true. It's
2: just Ugh. It, for centuries, the Trail of Tears went through northern Alabama. Ugh. So it starts there. Well, that's it probably starts before there. It's
1: probably in the slave trade days, I would have to say too. Uh, yeah, the Lots whole reason slave trade for down there, removing
2: Native Americans, was to make way for the. Cotton plantations. Mm-hmm. Um, Alabama had the fourth largest slave population in the US. Mm. And the time that they seceded from the Union in 1860, Alabama was 45% enslaved people.
1: Ugh, that's bad news. It's
2: like 45% of the population. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Alabama still leads the nation in size and poor treatment of prison population, mm. poverty rates, and racial health disparities. Yeah. And then the civil rights movement. I mean, Birmingham was a real... That was like an epicenter. Yeah. Spot. Oh, I have some notes on that. We don't have to... I'll hear them. Please depress me. George Wallace was the governor of Alabama. He's the one who had the inauguration speech. It was segregation now, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. And he was the who? Governor of Alabama Uh. in the 60s. And... His speechwriter was the leader of the KKK. Like there wasn't even any like pretending to cover up who they were. They were just white supremacists. Yeah. They were just like, no, black people are different and they're worse. And you're crazy to want your kid to ride on a bus with a black person.
0: And that's the elected officials. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know which is worse, like coming right out and saying it. Or like pretending it doesn't exist. Yeah, that's but true. At still least she feeling was... it on the inside. I don't I know think which is equal. worse. They're equal. Yeah, you're probably right. right.
0: I
2: mean, if you're in a position of power and you're saying it out loud, then you're encouraging other people Mm -hmm. to say it out loud. And he was encouraging other people. I mean, the Freedom Riders came through and were getting beat up by the KKK. Oh, this was Bull Connor, the commissioner of public safety. So George Wallace was the governor. Bull Connor was the commissioner of public safety for the city of Birmingham. It wasn't like a mayor and alderman. It was like different commissioners running different parts of the mm. city. Okay. So Bull Connor was in charge of police, fire, schools, libraries, parks, public health.
1: Who gave him all that fucking power?
2: All of those places were segregated. And all <sighs> he it was his job to keep all of those places segregated. He <laughs> shut down 60 parks instead of desegregating. It's so crazy. I don't
1: understand. It doesn't make any sense to me.
2: The Freedom Riders came through. The KKK was beating them up. Bull Connor knew it. He was like, it's Mother's Day and the police officers are with their mothers right now. So they can't be there to help you. And just like, let these guys get beat. I mean, there was no even pretending that the police were really there. There was something called the Children's Crusade in Birmingham in 1963. It was children between the ages of six and 18. They were marching from a park to City Hall. And Bull Connor... Babies, little children. ages 6 to 18. Oh, my God. um, Bull Connor sent, like, attack dogs and fire hoses Mm. after them. Like, (sighs) it was in the news, and it was, like, the first time that the rest of the world saw, like, little kids being attacked by police. As fucked up as it was, and it was super fucked up, I think it helped sway people's opinions and helped make a change because it was so unacceptable to everyone else who was watching it. Well, yeah.
1: fucking I'm like stunned. That's just beyond like atrocious. Right. <sighs> I mean, it sounds like they must have lived a miserable life if they have that much hatred inside of them.
2: Um, you know, George Wallace did get shot like five times. Good. Um, but he survived. Good. That was probably um, a very painful survival. Yeah, he did. George Wallace, the governor, did eventually apologize for some of the things that well, he did. I'm glad he was
1: politically pressured into fucking apologizing. Yeah,
2: I think that was more it than anything. else. That was else. sarcasm. So it's this really is horrible.
1: 1964, the Civil
2: Rights Act is signed. 1973, Derek is born here
1: so he's like right in the midst of all of this because people were like just because the act was signed people weren't like right oh <laughs> oh we love you now this is fine come to our school yeah. it's all good yeah. yeah
0: it was like the law was passed and then it was still like enforcing it and then you had people I'm sure that were like bull we're like eh, we're not gonna really enforce it
1: who's gonna know yeah who's right. gonna so- tell on us who's gonna enforce this right especially in a, the smaller type of place
0: well I thought we were gonna have a lighter hearted episode today
1: this was just a brief conversation you don't get a light-hearted episode all right the first part was fun the first part was fun but guess what history sucks history does suck so Yeah. yeah that's uh some fucked up shit about alabama sorry derek you had to grow up in that but you know what apparently you rose above he got out of there yeah yeah
0: and then got to w- move to Chicago where there was absolutely no segregation at all whatsoever. <laughs> well,
1: where, I mean, Chicago has its own fucking stories I mean, that hopefully so... maybe one day we'll get into. Yeah. yeah.
0: So shall we brew some coffee? Not no, yet. Not yet.
1: I want to know. know how Derek, how did he get out of this? I very ignorantly did not think to
2: ask Derek about... um race relations while we were having this conversation about his childhood. Like I was trying to get to like this like idyllic little boy like mm. story. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until the next day when I was like, oh, now let's find fun facts about Birmingham that I was like, oh my God, how did I not even think to ask him? Mm. So I texted him and I was like, do you have any any comments you'd like to make about race relations in Birmingham in the 70s and 80s? And he just responded with, well, it wasn't good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like a it sounds like a topic that needs more than a text message. It does.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, I think Derek is a typical Southerner in that you get him into a conversation and you got to plan on it lasting a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure how much time I wanted this episode to spend on just like, I mean, I, I still have to talk about Royal Cup, too. Yeah. There's a lot of stories here, so
1: we can always bring Derek back for another episode where we go. Great. We go more yeah. into you know as our as our senior Southern correspondent, <laughs> <laughs> a
2: bonus interview with Derek.
1: Yeah, there would be could, great. There's more opportunities for us to find out more about his life in the South. Yeah. All right, Royal Cup Coffee, 1896.
0: Oh, it's an oldie. 1896,
2: it was originally called the Batterton Coffee Company. Henry T. Batterton was the first coffee roaster in the state of Alabama.
1: Oh, wow. Um, Hey there. He had... So that would make this the oldest coffee company in the state of Alabama. Yes. All right. Yes, Mm. it is.
2: Um, His first location was like a little spot in downtown Birmingham, and he had a horse-drawn coffee wagon.
1: Oh, another horse-drawn coffee delivery system. Yes. Love it. By
2: 1909, he had to move to a bigger location already. So like 15 years in, he was already selling so much coffee. Uh, He did really well during the Depression because everybody still needs it. By 1930, they were the largest coffee supplier in the state of Alabama. In 1930, Henry Batterton and his wife died in a car accident. Mm. Apparently, they didn't have kids. The bank ended up taking control of the company on behalf of the estate. Wow. And the bank ran the company for 20 years. What? Have you ever heard of such a thing? This is
1: insane. Yeah. Crazy.
2: Um, During World War II, coffee was rationed. The bank, being in charge of the company or whoever was making the decisions, decided it would just be easier to sell coffee to a couple of larger customers and not fuck around with all the little grocery stores that had been selling this coffee the entire time. Hmm.
1: Yeah, this is a long time. So
2: uh, the neighborhood was kind of left without coffee. Like they were supplying to everyone, and then they weren't. Mm. So this company had been so popular and beloved by the local population, and then all of a sudden – Like, they were really angry. I bet they were. In 1950, a guy named William E. Smith bought the company from the bank. He was also born and raised in Birmingham. He had owned a lumber company before World War II, and then he went to war. He came back and he worked for the Chamber of Commerce and then bought the company um, he changed the name to Royal Cup from Batterton Coffee Company. When it was Batterton, it was referred to as a royal cup of coffee. Mm. That was like their little tagline. Oh, so I he see. took that, which mm-hmm. I think is nice. It's yeah. an homage to the original, and began growing the company. And I mean, it's pretty much been nothing but growth from 1950 until 2020. <laughs> When COVID hit, it's just been like...
1: 70 years? Yeah. I mean... That's, like, 70 years on top of, like, all the 50 years before that. Right. Man, time is crazy.
2: Growing, growing. They started selling to hotels and restaurants in the 1950s. In 1968, William Smith died. Um, He was diagnosed with cancer and died almost right away. His son, William E. Smith Jr., was only 25. He took over the company. Hmm. That's when they started selling to offices. They got involved in, like, office coffee sales. Um, growing, growing, growing. In 1976, they opened their location by Derek's house. Aww. 1989, Hatton Smith, uh, Jr.'s little brother, took over the company. 1996 is when they got their Lion's Head logo. Oh, I see. And it's still in the same family? Still in the same family. Oh. 2014, Bill Smith III takes over. Wow. In 2016, they expanded that warehouse by Derek's grandma's house. They like took over a whole giant section. It's way bigger. In 2017, they started selling ready to drink icebox coffee. That is where the timeline on the website ends. So they're really not in grocery stores, but you probably have tried the coffee. If you have free coffee in your office, check that out because Mm -hmm. there's a really good chance. Offices are like, a really big portion when of their business. When we go to
1: work on Monday, make sure you check our office. <laughs> yeah. It might actually be there on
3: Monday.
1: <laughs> it's going to take a while to get through five pounds,
2: yeah. Uh, if you've had a cup of coffee at the Ritz-Carlton or a Hilton Hotel or a Hampton Inn, you've probably had this coffee. If you've had a cup of coffee at an IHOP or a Waffle House, hmm. it mm. was
1: Royal Cup Coffee. Wow.
2: Texas Roadhouse, Cracker Barrel, Red Lobster, a bunch of other restaurants. They got
1: like every corporation. Yeah, you know what? For There's real. probably like one head corporate for a lot of these restaurants. And then mm. they just got in with the head corporate and they filtered it down. What they
2: don't mention on the company timeline is that in 2020, a guy named Chip Wan was named the new CEO and president of the company. He
1: doesn't sound like a family member. It is the
2: first time that a non family member <gasps> has been running the company. <gasps>
1: His name's not William so he's definitely not related. <laughs>
2: <laughs> his um his background is in healthcare insurance and advertising, mm-hmm. not in coffee. Mm-hmm. He is all about modernization, and maximizing efficiency.
1: Guess what? I'm sorry to break it to you, Derek, but your cop quality is about to plummet. Uh, If it hasn't already.
2: Yeah. The first thing they did was laid off 350 people without notice. Yep. Now, some of that, I'm sure this is all happening like under the cloud of COVID. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: This guy
2: becomes CEO in 2020.
1: Can I tell you something, though? COVID was... uh, Coffee was not hurt by COVID.
2: But these guys are selling coffee in offices, restaurants, and
1: hotels. And those were heavily impacted. That's true. That's true. Okay, I take my statement back. I'd like
0: to take a step back here, is that they're big enough to have 325 people to lay off.
1: That's true, because it wasn't like they were left with two people operating those roasters
0: in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Here's the statistics on the company. Um, Currently...
2: 859 employees. That's a Holy lot of fuck. people. Yeah. Could you imagine trying How many to manage millions I don't of even want to manage
1: I don't even want to manage the four people we have. That right. includes you, Marcus. I know. <laughs> fuck. 850 people. Um
2: 58 million pounds of coffee are roasted annually in three shifts, 5 days a week.
1: 58 million pounds? What the fuck, man? That's just way too many pounds. That's like that's like they're roasting 1.2 million pounds per week. A million pounds per week. Wait. Yeah, if
3: they're yeah. 52 weeks yeah. a year. That yeah, that
2: makes sense. A Wait. million pounds a week. Holy okay.
1: fuck. Divided by seven, so that's still 172,000 pounds a day. Oh. Equals that. Divided by three, that's still in an eight-hour shift, 57,000 pounds. What? In an eight-hour <laughs> shift. <laughs> the, like going back to, i don't think they're doing that on a five kilo marcus
0: <laughs> i stand corrected you did the math did so they, they would
1: have to have 13 240 kilo <sighs> roasters going
0: 24 hours a day 24
1: hours a day they're yeah. gonna have crazy vacuum systems all over the warehouse could you imagine it in there a thousand people running around 850 people running around operating all that
0: Actually, I could imagine that. You know what, they have
1: too many employees, I feel like. Actually,
2: only um, 400 of the employees work in that plant in Alabama because they do, um, they sell equipment and they service the equipment all Mm. over the country. Oh, yeah. So they have Uh different technicians, salespeople, regional managers, all that kind of shit all over the country. That makes sense.
1: That makes sense.
2: Um, They are currently at the Alabama location hiring packaging machine Engineers. Operators. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, don't piss me off, you guys. Yeah, I mean. All three shifts, looking to hire. (laughs) Um, All right, Seth. All right. They don't pay as well as Modest Coffee, but they do have dental and vision. Uh, Really good benefits package. hmm. Uh, When you guys are selling 58 million pounds of coffee, I'm sure that you'll have an excellent
1: benefits package. Yeah. We will have a much better benefits package than we have now. (laughs) <laughs> that's for sure.
0: <laughs> Look, it's only up from here. <laughs> sure, yeah. I
1: know that's true. Ugh. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Can't imagine.
2: Can't imagine. You'll fit
1: right in. Well, you know what though? I do have to say, if Derek came from there, you'd be yeah. doing all right. Yeah, he turned out
2: fine somehow. Yeah. Um, in addition to coffee, they sell tea. They sell things like sugar, creamer. Supplies and equipment. One thing that this new guy, this new CEO is talking about is um, he really wants to push the office coffee. Mm -hmm. Seems like a weird time to push office coffee. I was thinking the exact same thing as soon as you said that. Um, But whatever. So many employers are providing snacks. their employees as well so he wants to diversify and also just be providing everything people need for the ultimate break room experience Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it makes me sad because i read a bunch of the employee reviews on indeed and there was quite a bit of talk about how everybody knew the family, everybody knew the people in the tap positions, and things are different now that it's under new management. Like I just I see it moving away from the people working there, and I see it moving away from the focus on coffee.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, this is really taking like a, a corporate turn, um, and maybe it hasn't turned there yet. but I mean, this is where it's headed. It's still under the
2: ownership right. of the original family but and for they how are much still longer? working there there are still like multiple members of the family working there in the upper positions not not running the bagging machine but I wonder
0: yeah. if they're going to you know follow their own advice and provide jerky to the to the workers in the break rooms like yeah, right. gonna, you know they're gonna lead the way are they gonna have that ultimate cool. break rooms at right. royal cups i have a feeling like based on the conversation they're gonna have like the bare minimums
2: they have free coffee in the break room yeah
0: that's it that's it that's what you get you get the fucking free coffee <laughs> that you make
1: you know it just has like a it's like this has a bad feeling to me. Mm. You know, and I feel like 10 years from now it could be that Royal Cup will hardly be recognizable as it was, you know, 20 years ago or whatever.
2: We'll um, we'll do an update in 10 years. Stay tuned everybody. Yeah. We're okay. getting
1: uh we're getting to w- who they are as a company with uh, the coffee. Yes. Yeah. Which is
2: what I wanted. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to taste what Derek tasted. Now, if I, I sold know.
0: coffee out of a horse cart, I would definitely call it horse shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, let's talk about the horse-drawn coffee cart. Because when I first heard horse-drawn coffee cart 1896, my imagination went to this guy was selling brewed liquid coffee off of a horse-drawn cart. So like a food truck. Right. Right. And th- like that's where that's where my imagination went and that's what that's how I pictured it happening. And then when I started trying to like find the answers to the questions around that, like, how do you do that? How do you brew it? Where do you brew it? How do you keep it hot? What are people just, like, bringing their tin cup to you? How does this work? And when I started looking into those questions, I realized that that was likely not the case. Mm-hmm. It was likely just a delivery truck, and he was selling packaged coffee and tins or whatever.
3: Mm.
2: So he was like a, sto- a mobile store. Right. But then I discovered that during the Civil War... There were coffee wagons. What? That like brewed coffee on the horse-drawn wagon to deliver to Civil War soldiers. Normally what? Civil War soldiers had to roast their own beans over a fire.
1: If they could even get them. And some even people get them. had to do the chicory.
2: Grind it themselves, brew it themselves wow. over a fire. So I found this, um, Marcus, you're going to love these pictures.
1: So the soldiers had like coffee concession stands, basically. Yeah, it was (laughs)
2: like a horse-drawn concession stand. Wow. The one I found pictures of is in a museum, and it had these three huge metal containers on the back of the cart and each one had a spigot and each one had like a drawer under it for a coal fire okay. and wow. each one had its own chimney coming up the back huh they could brew and serve 108 gallons an hour hmm.
1: here's
0: dope
2: a drawing
1: Who was paying for it? Were the soldiers then paying or was like the government paying these Uh, coffee carts to go out? It was the U.S. Christian Commission.
2: So I was under the impression that it was some sort of like religious organization that was like helping the soldiers. Yeah,
1: like being like nice to the soldiers. Like, hey, you guys are out here. We're going to give you something warm and caffeinated to drink.
2: Yeah. So then once I discovered that this actually did exist, a way to serve coffee to people, then I thought maybe Henry Batterton was serving coffee couldn't find the answer. And so I first I sent an email to Royal Cup. I have not received a response. Mm. Then I called their 24 hour hotline. And I spoke to a lovely woman in customer service on Friday morning. And I gave her my whole spiel. I'm doing this podcast. Can you tell me about the coffee cart? Was it was it beans or was it coffee? (laughs) (laughs) And she like very quietly listened to my whole spiel. And then there was a long pause, and she was like, oh, I don't know. She's never, ever been asked that. She was so nice. She was like, I don't know for sure. Do you know who would know the answer to that? Jim Smith. He's the son of the owner.
1: Let me put you oh through. Oh, my to God. Head. No way. She did. Whoa. She put me through. Did he answer or did you get his voicemail? I got his voicemail. Aww. Jim yeah. Smith, if you're listening, so you owe somebody a phone call. <laughs> It's fine. We can put you on a clarification. You haven't lost your opportunity. To tell the world about your coffee cart.
0: Yep. At the time of this episode, they had not responded when asked for comment.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I was so
2: excited to get put through. Oh, I think that's so exciting, too. (gasps) My heart skipped a beat. I couldn't wait to find out the answer from the source. What a bummer that he didn't answer. Yeah. Yeah. So I still never found the answer, but Mm. I am betting it was probably just the glass jars of coffee, which is still pretty cool. And it's cool to find out that there was like a mobile coffee cart. And if you want a totally unrelated fun fact to finish off this portion of the episode, I found out that there were regulations for food trucks in New York City before it was even called New York City. Whoa. They were like regulating horse-drawn food Holy carts shit. in hmm. New Amsterdam. <laughs> it was called New Amsterdam wow uh, that's crazy yeah food truck regulations have been around for a long you know what food God. safety
1: food. yeah it's i mean you're gonna fucking kill some people off especially back then when they didn't have like penicillin or whatever they treat people for infections and mm. bacteria now i, I want
0: to f- put the the little coffee dispensers on the back of like a golf cart or something oh, and just oh that, that would around.
1: be fun
0: yeah fun yeah. Just show up at events and just sell coffee for Hell, 10 yeah. cents
1: okay <laughs> Two nickels. Two nickels. Plus like a few dollars. A it cup depends. of coffee for like $3.10. I'll be
0: like, if you have your own glass jar, I'll give you a hot cup of coffee for $0.10. Cents. All but right. if you're at this event and you don't have a glass jar, it'll be $4. <laughs> all right. The option's there.
1: Thank you for caring about the environment. Right. So much that you'll give away all your profits. Golf cart. It's fine. <laughs> it's all good. All right. Well, shall we brew some coffee? Hi, I'm Dan Smith, the host of Coffee in Space, where I have conversations with authors about the science fiction
3: and fantasy characters we love and the journeys they take. This is the perfect podcast for lovers
1: of space operas, military sci-fi, and magical worlds. In each episode, you'll learn about the characters, their trials, world building, and any science behind the science fiction
3: that makes the story sing directly from the author. It's a great way to learn more about the books you already love or find a new book to fall in love with. Head on over to
1: www.coffeeandspacepodcast.com to learn more. Coffee in Space is also available in all major listening apps. Listen to an episode or
3: three today.
2: Oh, I'm excited to taste this coffee. I can smell it already. Yeah, we're back. Um, right. We have a little set of rules for how we taste this coffee so that we can make sure we don't give it a bad review. Uh, We're going to try the coffee black first, and then we're going to add some cream and sugar if we need to. And if we still aren't ready to give it a not bad review, then we'll be forced to add a little whiskey or whipped cream. And by then, by then we should be ready with just about any coffee. You know
1: what? So far we have not had a coffee that we could not get a, Except for that one dollar store coffee that we did for Patreon,
0: did good. we? I thought we ended up scrapping that episode. Was that an episode? Yeah, that we. On that's on Patreon? Patreon. That was literally that's I, barely o- coffee. That's the know. only
1: coffee that I've met. That <laughs> yeah. And who knows? Maybe I just didn't add enough cream and sugar. Maybe or what whiskey. I needed for that was like an entire mug of oatly with a splash of dollar store coffee. <laughs> I think
0: what that needed was pure ethanol yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it need to be lit on fire yeah.
1: <laughs> well we don't have that today no so gosh. thank god all right so
0: the olfactory reveal there's the
1: olfactory <sighs> reveal so the just like looking at the beans okay so it says it's a light roast i mean it's not like a third wave ro- light roast i don't think but it is much lighter than most mass-produced coffees yeah, that we have had for sure and it looks really even the beans look even. They're not all janky.
0: Yeah. And there was a couple of Quakers, though, that I s- plucked oh. out in the bag. Oh, So
1: it even had Quakers, huh? Yeah.
0: So I'm like, okay, so they're maybe doing a smaller batch roaster.
1: Instead of like 13.6, 240 kilo roasters, they have like a whole fleet of like 50.
0: Maybe there's like 50, 60 kilo roasters.
1: That's how they have 800 in place, because yeah. they have 5,005 kilo roasters. <laughs>
0: It's like a 60 kilo roaster is really like the biggest small batch roaster that you can get before you have to start introducing water to cool off the beans fast enough. Mm -hmm. There's like thermal... energy so it is possible if you do that math Anyways, this is a google interview question for sure.
1: <laughs> you know what jim if you would ever fucking call us back we'd yeah. like to know how many roasters do you have and what size are they
0: Look, man we know you're not busy
2: <laughs> i mean come on come yeah. on we know how you got this job just... we know how you're spending your time just call me back yeah. <laughs>
0: nepotism at its finest
1: <laughs> anyway so the the coffee does not smell bad it smells great it does smell good yeah
0: it does smell like a little sharper in the acidity a little woody But overall, not unpleasant.
1: I think it smells good. Yeah. I'm surprised that it is like this evenly roasted and that it smells this good, especially for what is like their house roast.
2: What if Derek's right? What if it really is awesome?
1: I mean, so far, I'm thinking it's probably not going to be bad. I don't think it could possibly be bad. So far, I have have good hopes for it. Right. I'm
0: hoping for it, too.
1: Because I was really worried that I was going to have to be like, sorry, Derek, Mm. your taste buds really (laughs) suck.
2: You know, Derek also did once try to convince me that um, boiled peanuts out of a can taste good. And he was wrong about that. So I just blinked. (laughs) I know you both made quite a face. Well, I've
0: tried boiled peanuts. That's a thing. Yeah. They're just disappointing.
1: Oh, it smells really good brewing. It smells good. I think it smells pretty good. After we're done, I want to go out to breakfast at Waffle House. I want to house. go to IHOP. <laughs>
2: yeah. Is there a Waffle House anywhere? I think those are not around. Wait. All right. I'll look. Uh, Jenny, I have terrible news. If you want to eat at a Waffle House anywhere near here, it's going to have to be Indiana there's a bunch of them in indiana a bunch all over
1: yeah there are you know what they must not like like certain states politics that's the only thing i can guess. oh wait no granite city illinois oh collinsville illinois i've heard of collinsville
0: well I've did they close I've the ones of... down in the city because there was one in the city that i went to
1: i think there might have been one in the city yeah i guess not anymore let's go on a road trip all right
0: so what do you guys think has anybody tried it yet
1: i'm not really getting any particular like aroma one way or the other it's just smells like a coffee
0: yeah i just tried it it's a little nutty it's got a little like roasty bite in the end like a little bitterness Mm -hmm. um overall not unpleasant like if i was at a wedding perfectly acceptable coffee Mm. perfectly acceptable wedding coffee
1: you know i'm not a black coffee drinker typically and i think this is pretty good yeah i'm not it's not offending me right it doesn't taste like a light roast it doesn't taste like a dark roast it tastes like a pretty solid medium solid medium mm-hmm.
0: yeah i agree with that
2: i just burn my tongue you gotta so slurp tastes like burning
1: let's get some slurp action on this mic oh yeah that's, that's an good asmr should we start an asmr podcast yeah,
2: just slurping? What I've been saying
0: the entire time sounds so dumb it's not bad
2: It's certainly not. It's interesting that you said it was nutty because that was also Derek's tasting note.
0: Mm. Yeah. To me, this tastes like a Brazilian coffee, natural Brazilian coffee that has been roasted fast. And so the sugars have caramelized enough to the point where there's like bitterness on top, but not long enough that the nuttiness is gone. Mm -hmm. So they have like preserved the nuttiness and then layered on this like roasted coffee caramelization on top. So you get this like bitter to it. It's not bad.
1: Yeah, so I added some oat milk to it and um, there's still a little bit of bitterness to it. It's not like a perfectly, like normally a coffee gets very smooth when you add like cream or whatever. It did not smooth out as much as I would have expected it to, but still really good. Like if I were at a diner and they served me this coffee and I don't feel like I have to add sugar to it, I would be pretty amazed. I, at a wedding especially, weddings are notorious for having the literal worst coffee.
2: Yeah, I'd be happy to be served this coffee pretty much anywhere. It's, it's tasty. It's perfectly good. It's Mm -hmm. not the best coffee in the whole world, in my opinion. Right. But it's definitely not a bad coffee.
0: But I imagine smelling this for like this, this coffee roasting in your life for years and years and years and then finally trying it. And then like having that piece unlock, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I imagine that would be a rewarding payoff.
2: Yeah.
1: I'd like to know how Derek drinks his coffee.
2: Um, Derek drinks his coffee with cream and sugar. And sugar.
1: Yeah. So I was just about to, I was just thinking to myself that I think this would be perfect with some sugar. Mm. So I'm thinking that the way he drinks his coffee, because not all coffees stand up to cream and sugar. Right. I mean, we have to consider that too. So I'm thinking that this is probably one of those perfect for cream and sugar coffees. Mm. All
2: right. I will try it Derek's way with cream and sugar even though that's not typical for me. And I kind of now wish I'd brought vanilla ice cream to really try it little boy Derek way.
0: (laughs) Well, I've added cream and sugar and uh, I'm going to give it a go. Mm. You know what it tastes like now? Honey Nut Cheerios. Mm -hmm. That's what it reminds me of.
1: This tastes very good with cream and sugar. Yeah. Because you know what? It has like that little bit of bitterness that cuts through the sugar and the cream Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it doesn't give you like that overly sweet or overly cream flavor. You still get some coffee that shines through.
0: Yeah.
2: I love this with cream and sugar. Yeah. I'm
1: very happy with this. Derek, I love your coffee. This is great. So I think to get it to the point where it was best was Derek style. Yeah. Derek style. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Who is this coffee for?
1: Well, this coffee's definitely for Derek. And it's for me when it's Derek style. If
2: you're the kind of Alabama person who doesn't like football, <laughs> oh, I guess that's a tiny population. Um, this coffee is for five million people every day because supposedly that's how many cups of Royal Cup get served every day around the country. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. So it's for a lot of us, I think. Wow. If you're
0: the type of person that likes to slurp that cereal milk after the Honey Nut Cheerios has been like consumed, this is definitely for you.
2: Mm-hmm. You can feel good about drinking this at IHOP or at the office or wherever you are.
1: Yeah, they don't seem to have much of an evil history, and they have a pretty good coffee. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. A win. Not bad. Yeah. A not bad review. Like a genuine not bad review. Yeah. Yeah. I feel good about it. Yep. Thanks, Derek. That oh. was awesome. What a great story, too. That was really fun. This was like a personal anecdote story. Yeah. We don't have many of those. No. Yeah. I love that. That's great. It's just like, I feel like we interviewed somebody for the podcast.
2: I did interview Derek. Yeah. I made him come over and sit through an
1: interview. That's awesome. We both really enjoyed it. Real journalism. <laughs> yeah, kind of. that. Yeah. It's <laughs> great. Awesome. Well, but that's our episode. That's our episode. Well, if you want to follow us on social media, which I hope you do, that's where you'll get all of the photos from our episodes. And also you'll get fun extra links if you go to our Facebook Group, which is no bad reviews colon, a coffee community. And then if you want to go to our regular social media, it's at no bad reviews pod. You can also send us an email at hello at no That's our website as well, no You can support us if you want a long-term commitment at patreon.com slash no bad reviews pod. We will give you extra bonus episodes. And if you don't want a long-term commitment, but you just want to help us buy coffee for the podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash NoBadReviewsPod. There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it is a lot. Yes. Yeah. I can't well, believe you have all that memorized.
0: Right. I
1: know. <laughs> well, it's all pretty easy. I try to make it simple on myself, but there's a lot of places. Also, buy some merch. Um, and
0: then don't forget today's super secret episode for Patreon subscribers. We will be trying.
1: Latte cream cookies. Buyakasha. Yeah, they're basically Oreos, but coffee Oreos. Mm. Mm. I'm looking forward to this one. I guess that's it. So thanks, everybody, for listening. You guys are awesome. Please rate, review, subscribe, and tell a friend. That would be awesome. We appreciate it. You're the best. Steph. Roll Tide, y'all.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast, generously sponsored by Modest Coffee, purveyors of single-origin coffee without the snobbery. Visit www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Enjoy.